Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Yes, it's Friday, but don't think you're getting off easy today. We've got a busy show, including breaking news. The Arizona Maricopa County audit results are out. We're going to talk about those in a second. We had a big exclusive story overnight about the Russia collusion story and another anecdote, another example of how the Democrats were able to get now completely debunked allegations into official Washington. We've known they've sent them to the FBI, and now we're going to look at an effort to get the now you know highly criticized and discarded claim that Donald Trump had a secret computer communications channel with Vladimir Putin, Mueller, uh, Durham, the FBI have all ruled that that wasn't true. But how that allegation got life inside the Senate in a committee run by John McCain, a Republican, the late John McCain. We're going to get to that in a second. And then we're going to take it to the border. Yes, we've got two amazing guests today, both who are on the front lines of the Del Rio crisis. Uh, First up will be Bethany Blankley, our great reporter in Texas, who's been down to Del Rio, where the Haitian immigrant crisis under that bridge, the mass of humanity you saw in those pictures. Well, she's going to join us to tell us what that looks like and what this community, the real people of Del Rio, are experiencing. This was an idyllic lakeside community that everybody loved to go visit in the summer, in the fall for fishing. And uh, she's going to bring us in touch with the very people on the front lines of this crisis. And then we've got a very special guest. He is one of the world's greatest all-time sports fishermen. We're talking about one of the most decorated sports fishermen in the history of the sport, in the history of angling. His name is Denny Brower. He happens to live in Del Rio. That's where he decided to retire. And he's going to tell us what life is like on that side of the fence. This is a community that has major fishing tournaments. Fishing is its primary tourism industry. And we're going to talk to Denny about what happens when 10, 12, 14, 15,000 illegal immigrants invade a city what we do, what can happen, and the outcome. Pretty extraordinary interview. You're going to want to hear that. All right, those interviews are coming up. And then, because the economy continues to show red, flashing, blinking warning lights, we are going to have our good friend Philip Patrick here. 
from Birch Gold Group to give us the latest on what the economic signs, what you should do or what you should at least consider doing to protect yourself from a volatile stock market and from the signs of inflation and deceleration, economic deceleration we're seeing. That combination of inflation and deceleration is known as stagflation. And a lot of people, including the Fed, now are saying we're heading into a period where both things are going to occur. That's not good for you, your investments, your retirement. So our good friend, Philip Patrick, is going to help us understand what it is that you can do, particularly with your 401ks and your retirement funds. All right. Before we get to our great guests and uh, being down at Del Rio is such an enormous opportunity. I really want to take you there. I want to first start off with the Arizona audit results. They're out. It's pretty clear that the top line conclusion is that the vote count, as it was finally counted in Maricopa County, was essentially right. That uh, The vote tallies showed that Joe Biden beat Donald Trump. That is the top line finding. However, that assumes that all the ballots that were in the tally were supposed to be or were properly counted. So the first finding, which the mainstream media have focused on, is that basically the final tallies were pretty darn close. In fact, I think Biden picked up a, a net total of 91 votes in the way that the cyber ninja contractors uh, for the Arizona Senate counted things. But then they went on to say, when you look at which votes were included in that tally, they flag between 44,000 and 57,000 votes as being suspect, suspicious, potentially problematic. Some, about 44,000, are rated as critical or high severity, meaning the issues that they involve, that they encumber, are serious enough or severe enough to raise questions about the outcome of the investigation. And what they do is they suggest two things, that there be a canvas of certain voters to find out whether the ballots cast really were theirs and to ask the attorney general of Arizona, a guy named Mark Brnovich, a guy who's going to be running for U.S. Senate in 2022, to launch an investigation into certain aspects of what that found. So that's the part that the mainstream media are completely ignoring. But you're looking at a total, 44,000 to 57,000 votes that they flagged as potentially problematic. That is four to five times the total margin that Joe Biden beat Donald Trump. Now, listen, it's not going to reverse the election. Anyone who thinks that there's going to be a reverse election, it's just not going to happen. None of the states are showing any willingness or even interest in that. What this roadmap in this audit does is to find out whether some ballots were improperly counted, whether people were casting ballots that shouldn't have cast ballots, whether some counted ballots that should not have been counted, and get the exact numbers down, right? That's important. And then make sure that these things don't happen again in 2022. That is basically what this audit ultimately concludes. I want to give you some example of what some of the things they found. They found 23,344 ballots or mail-in ballots where people voted from a prior address, not their current address. That could potentially disqualify the ballot. There was 10,342 people who had the same name as having voted in multiple counties, meaning in Maricopa and at least one other county. Now, that needs to be checked further to make sure it's the same person. Sometimes there are two Bob Jones, right, or Bill Smiths. 
but they flagged that as something that needed to be clearly checked out. Then there is another condition called more ballots returned by voter than received. This is a question that could raise whether people voted and their ballots did not arrive. It could be voter suppression. It could be bad mail. It could be lost handling. A lot of really important questions. And the lead quote from this report, these findings are both comforting, basically the vote count was right, and alarming that within the vote count, there may be things that we are counting, ballots that we are counting, particularly in the mail-in era, that shouldn't have been counted, that were flawed, maybe fraudulent, maybe lost. Uh, These are things we all ought to get excited and supportive of. Because whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, an independent, a first-time voter, a 20th-time voter, you want the system to work perfectly. And we live in a modern era where Doubt and uncertainty does not need to exist. There shouldn't be eight, nine months after the November, 10 months after the November election, uh, doubt about 44,000 to 57,000 votes cast in the largest county in one of the most important swing states in America, Arizona. That is something we just have to get right. We can eliminate these doubts, shrink these doubts. And the Democrats are going to say, hey, it's all over. Let's move on. This was a waste of time. But for those 57,000 ballots in question, for the next generation of voters, for the next election's voters, we have an obligation to find out whether there was wrongdoing, problems, malfeasance, like we saw in, in Georgia. I've said many times, I don't believe the election was stolen by outright fraud. And there's just no evidence of systemic fraud. What I have said is that mismanagement, irregularities, Confusion do, do, do cause problems. They create inaccurate ballot counts. They create distrust. And what you're seeing going on in Georgia in Fulton County is an outgrowth of the fact that when you don't manage elections right, when you allow anything and everything to count and you don't follow the rules precisely, people start to doubt the results That is bad for America, and it's time for all parties, Republican, Democrat, Independent, to realize the goal is to fix the 2022 election so it doesn't have the problems, doesn't have the problems that we all experienced in 2020. That is a good thing. All right, one more thing. I don't want to preach at you too long here. I want to get to news and give you facts, but overnight, we had a really important story. I'm only going to give you a top line on it, but remember, we now know that Christopher Steele used his role as an MI6 agent respected by the FBI. The headline of the story is Effort to Spread Discredit Russia Collusion Theory Welcomed by McCain's Senate Panel. Lee Smith and I did this work together. These are new court records showing that while Christopher Steele's dossier was still working its way through the FBI, and while the bogus allegation that Alpha Bank was a secret computer connection that allowed Donald Trump to communicate with the Kremlin, A liberal-funded, recently retired FBI analyst, a guy named Dan Jones, whose organization, the Democracy Integrity Project, was funded by George Soros and other liberal funders. He went and took the same Alpha Bank allegations, got him into the Senate, got him into the Senate Armed Services Committee, who at that very moment was run by John McCain. And he got the committee to hire his group, this Democracy Integrity Project, and do a year's investigation and report trying to sustain what has now been determined to be a myth. Robert Mueller, the FBI 
John Durham all say it wasn't an accurate, wasn't a true accurate allegation. But John McCain and Jack Reed, the Democrat on the committee, they managed to sustain this allegation within the Senate for almost 18 months and turning to someone who had partisan funding. Yes, he had good credentials, former FBI analyst, a former Senate Intelligence Committee staffer while working for the FBI. But at the end of the day, his funding came from liberal activists trying to pin Donald Trump to Russia, just like Christopher Steele and Glenn Simpson Infusions funding came from Hillary Clinton. Multiple liberals getting the official channels of Washington to investigate things that turned out not to be true about Donald Trump. That's how the Russia collusion narrative, the myth, got extended for three years on the American people. Check out the story. Great records. The Senate was fighting not to comply with subpoenas. The Senate, John McCain's old committee, didn't want to tell the truth about what happened. They didn't want to reveal what happened here, probably because it's embarrassing. All right, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, it's time to go down to Del Rio and get a real first-hand account about that what's going on there. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, folks, I want to bring in right now one of our great reporters here at Just the News. She's one of the best journalists and has covered the border almost better than anyone I know in the last two decades. Joining me right now is Bethany Blankley. Bethany, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, John. We love your work. Uh, you, you bring to life Texas and, and the issues of the border and of national security. And uh, everyone on our site at Just the News has seen your incredible work. But really, I think in the last week, your ability to go down to Del Rio and give us uh, photos and video footage and real life stories of people, this is, of all the towns on the border, this has been the least likely place. We've just never had a border crisis in this town that I can remember of until just recently. As someone who's covered it, what has it been like? It's been a great privilege because I met some wonderful people there and they're very frustrated because they've been dealing with this for fe since February and they feel like nobody's listening to them. So when all these Haitians descended under the bridge, they said, we've been dealing with this on a daily basis. Uh, illegals from all over 150 countries are coming through. They're uh, going on their private property. They're breaking into their homes. They're, they come home and they find people eating in their kitchen. Uh, filling up their suitcases. Wow. Um, this is a big ranching community. Uh, it's a big fishing community. It's, it's one of the most, my favorite, beautiful parts of Texas uh, because it's a semi-arid, semi-desert region, but then the topography is incredible with Lake Amistad, with all of the rivers. Right. People fly in from all over to go hunting, to go fishing. It's a major recreational area. Uh, it's some of the most pristine, beautiful nature that you'll ever see. Uh, some beautiful parks, and people don't want to go to this area because they're afraid of being abducted or attacked. And I had a friend whose neighbor was just stabbed by Hondurans 
uh, yesterday oh uh, right gosh. outside of Lake Amistad, and I was just there. I was just there on Tuesday. Oh, it is, uh, it is destructive. And this is a community that is tranquil normally, quiet, right? Uh, it's about fishing and relaxing, enjoying the scenery, enjoying the outdoors. And now you have this extraordinary humanitarian crisis. How did we get to this point? I, uh, the other day we had on this podcast, um, uh, Mr. Judd, who's the, uh, the uh, head of the Border Patrol Union. And he said very clearly back and he gave a specific date. June 6th, the Border Patrol had extraordinary intelligence that Del Rio was going to be overrun for the first time. And they offered all sorts of solutions and no one in Washington would give the okay to do it. How did how did we allow this incredible town to be overrun? How did the administration do that? Well, what everyone has told me is they feel that it was intentional. Uh, And I've heard different things. One is that it's a distraction away from uh, the failure in Afghanistan. So if um, they're distracted by this and the images of the Haitians under the bridge, uh, then we will forget about the Americans that are still left behind, uh, 13 servicemen dead, uh, servicemen and women dead. Right. Um, another is it's intentional to uh, try and force entry of the Haitians, and 60% of the illegals right now are being released. Uh, Brandon and I spoke about that when we were at the governor's press event just the other day. Right. So the majority of people are being released. And prior to this, uh, the Haitians, um, uh, they've gone back and forth. The Biden administration has gone back and forth over whether or not Haitians uh, fall under Title 42 as to whether or not they're going to be admitted or deported. And so I think the biggest message both Governor Abbott and Brandon Judd have said is that the Biden administration has been 100 percent inconsistent. Yeah, and uh, they went further. Actually, also the uh, the just retired border uh, patrol chief, who was Biden's first chief of the agency, said that they're actually misleading Congress. They're actually feeding false information, a false portrait to the American public and Congress. Uh, they're saying one thing and doing another. The we're in a few minutes. We're going to be blessed to have some of the people you got to meet, and um, Lauren Allen and uh, Denny Brower are going to join us. These are just everyday Americans who lived peacefully and enjoyed the beauty of, of Del Rio and now have had their community turned upside down. But these, what is the, uh, the atmosphere for all these people who have lived in this town for so long and you know, literally didn't have to worry until a few months ago or weeks ago about going outdoors or safety? Their biggest thing was what time of day to go fishing and what good restaurant to pick at night. What is the sentiments on the ground there? They're afraid and they're also angry uh, because this is preventable. And, uh, you know, people are people wake up and they find their cars are missing. But people worked at a campground across from the Lake Amistad, took me on the river. And uh, they uh, went a great they went to great lengths to do that. They were afraid on the river. There were cartels and coyotes with guns a couple hundred feet away from us on the other side of the riverbank. The Mexican police came down with massive guns. They're afraid. These are. Uh, this is not what they would normally do, but they did that because of my contacts and people who really want their story to be told. And so we went out there and they were afraid. And, um, you know, they they went to the doctors. They had a doctor's appointment in San Antonio. They came out and their pickup truck was stolen. In Houston, there, uh, there are a thousand cars a day that are stolen. This is permeating everywhere. It's not just in Del Rio. My first trip to Del Rio, I was robbed in broad daylight on a Sunday morning. Wow. So that's never happened to me. I've traveled all over the state 
primarily by myself for work or hiking at these parks. And even I was out um, at a state park in this area and was fine because the park rangers and law enforcement are out there, but there's still not enough people. There's not enough. One county attorney described it to me this way. There aren't enough tents in all of the academy stores in the United States to, to put up to house all the people that they could potentially arrest. And they're only arresting maybe 5% of the people that are coming through. And in wow. the small county of Kenny County, they've arrested seven or 800 people. And that's only 5%, they estimate. Wow. That tells you just how big a crisis it is. Um, uh, why Haitians and why this point? It seems this can't be an organic event, right? Someone had to direct uh, and orchestrate a large number of people to show up at a, by, by the way, a border crossing that in the past wasn't really a pathway for a lot of illegal migrants. Um, what does the intel, what are the, what do the CPB and others tell you about uh, why here in, why Haitians, and is it really an orchestrated thing as opposed to just a lot of people found the same spot at the same time? So on June 16th, uh, the Mexican government kind of changed some of its policy was a, a national holiday there, and they kind of used that as an excuse. Uh, most of these people have been living in Mexico for several years. Uh, they're in Chile. They've been in Brazil. They've been in other Central or South American countries. And they had left Haiti well before the earthquake. They had gotten asylum. They have jobs. They've been living and working in, in these other countries. And they uh, were told somehow that if they came to the United States, they'd be let in. Uh, with the promise of getting into the refugee resettlement program where they get money, they get cash, yeah. they get three months of free housing, they get put on all of our welfare programs, and it's basically a free ticket. And under the uh, changed immigration proposals with Biden, through a federal rule, it's not through law by Congress, but through a federal rule change, it would be a fast track to citizenship for five years. So previously, Mexico wasn't letting people leave. And what you'll see, Chip Roy uh, tweeted a picture of it. Other lawmakers have been posting pictures is on the other side. They're dumping all of their IDs from all of these other countries, their wow. passports, everything, um, prior to actually coming over. So a lot of people are saying, well, how can they get from Haiti? Who's flying them over? And it's not, it's not that they're flying from Haiti. They're right. coming from another country where they've lived, yep. which they begs the question, why would they get asylum here? What danger are they in if they were living, making living. a living in the countries they were in before? Yeah, great point. It really does pierce the asylum claim uh, in its entirety. Um, you've described in your stories with great uh, detail that the squalor that these folks are living in under the bridge, it really is a humanitarian disaster. The potential for disease spreading and other things is real. What is the solution? We've got a couple minutes left. What is the solution? What is it that the Biden administration or the CPB could do that would put this in reversal? Well, from what everybody's telling me on the ground is to deport them. Yeah. You don't need to have a process of, of bringing them in and giving them uh, paperwork or coming back for a hearing. You just simply deport them. And, and that's been the sentiment on the ground. Every single person will tell you that the policies that were in place under Trump worked. Once they reversed the Trump policies, all hell broke loose in a matter of hours. This is what sheriffs will tell you. Within wow. four hours of Biden reversing policy, all hell broke loose. The cartels came push, pushing through with drugs, uh, fentanyl through the roof. 
this is a this is more than a humanitarian crisis. And yes, it's squalor down there, uh, but there are a massive amount of crimes that are happening as well. Yeah, such an important thing to remember. I, the, the local people, the people who live in this community, are the most disproportionately victimized. And we sit here in Washington all the time talking about you know numbers and, and, and statistics, but at the end of the day, it's real people's lives that are that are uh, incredibly disproportionately affected. And we are so lucky, Bethany. Your reporting has been sensational. People are reading these stories inside and out. I want to thank you for the courage and the and the wisdom and all of the great reporting that you do to keep just the news informed as well as you do. Thank you so much. It's been a privilege. And I really hope to do right by these people and tell their stories. Yeah, you are. And we're going to do some more of that today because of your great help. These guests coming up are uh, all because they met Bethany down on the ground. So we're going to have you on more often. Bethany, you're, uh, you're on the front lines and one of the most important stories in American history. So we're grateful and can't wait to have you back on the show soon. Okay, thank you so much. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, you're going to get to hear from one of the world's best sports fishermen. I mean, literally, one of the best in the world. He's in Del Rio, and he has a story to tell us. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back after this commercial message. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, one of the most decorated sports fishermen in the world is joining us. His name is Denny Brower. He currently resides in the Del Rio era where all this extraordinary illegal immigration is occurring. And we're bringing him onto the show to tell us a little bit of what it's like to be just an everyday resident in Del Rio being overwhelmed by this incredible scourge of illegal immigrants. Denny, welcome to the show. Well, I appreciate that, John. Thank you. Before we get into the whole immigration thing, you really are one of the most extraordinary and decorated and successful sports anglers in American history. How did you end up in Del Rio? Well, when I decided to retire full-time from running all around the country full-time, we'd had several tournaments down here at Del Rio on Lake Amistad, and I just fell in love with the area, with the people, with the lake. Uh, and if you're an outdoorsman, there's probably not a better area in the country to you know, to move to. I had been living on Lake of the Ozarks, which is a very hectic lake. Oh, it sure lake. is. A lot of traffic, just a lot of recreational traffic, a lot of party, and it's known as a party lake. And for retirement and just getting out and having a little solitude and enjoying fishing, I just thought Del Rio and Lake Elstead would be a better option. So about 10 years ago, the wife and I moved down here and just totally loved the area. Oh, it's, it is such a beautiful area. And Amistad's unique, right? Because it's partly in U.S. waters, and then it's partly in Mexican waters, if I understand correctly. Correct. The Rio Grande is uh, what separates the two countries, and it runs right down the middle of Lake Amistad. And uh, on one side, you have Mexico. The other side, you have the United States. And really, all you have 
to define one from the other as a line of buoys that goes down the middle of the lake. Isn't that amazing? uh, Wow. It's pretty amazing. Yep, right, right on, right on the edge of our, our amazing country. So, uh, starting in June, uh, we started to hear in Washington from Customs, Border, and Patrol that Del Rio was going to be a problem. That Del Rio is normally quiet, but there is going to be an amassing of immigrants. What has it been like over the last uh, two to three months, and what has it done to this sort of tranquil, uh, recreational town that is so, so beautiful, a beautiful part of Texas? It's really been a disaster. I mean, I never, ever dreamt in my wildest dreams that something like this could happen in this area because it was kind of just undercover as far as uh, the the traffic that had been happening. You had heard about the other areas further south, up around El Paso, you know, over in Arizona. But you didn't really hear anything about the Del Rio area. And uh, Border Patrol did a fantastic job of curtailing the drug traffic in this area. And we had a constant presence of uh, Border Patrol out on the lake, patrol of the lake. So it wasn't even an issue. Uh, in the probably previous nine years I had lived here, I had virtually zero encounters out on the lake. This year I've had all kinds of people when I'd be over on the Mexico side of the lake that were wanting to ride, yelling at you. Of course, I'm not fluent in Spanish, so right. I'm not sure exactly what, what they, they were saying, me, right? <laughs> but they're there. They're, there's groups of people where you've never saw people before. Wow. And, of course, once they figured out the ideal place to cross was uh, down there where uh, the Cunha little dam is. Right. Uh, man, the, the traffic flow just became unbelievable. Wow. And uh, this is a time of year where a lot of people would normally come and get hotels and restaurants and and, and do their fall fishing. And the town is basically taken over by law enforcement now. Is that correct? It really is. And, uh, boy, I don't think we don't appreciate all the highway patrolmen uh, yeah. that are down here helping out with the Border Patrol. Because uh, without that, who knows what this community would be turned into in a hurry. But they're doing a fantastic job. But, you know, they need places to stay. So all the housing has been taken up uh, it's great, I guess, if you own a motel or a restaurant because there is a lot of traffic in town that way. As far as, you know, a tournament circuit coming in here and having a major event, there's really no housing, yeah. uh, no place for those people to stay. So unless they have a weekend home or something like that or know somebody, they uh, they really just can't come and participate. Now, the uh, there's always this concern when uh, illegal migration in, you know, overruns the town. Uh, there's health issues, economic issues, crime issues. What are, what's being experienced? I mean, for people who have been in this tranquil, beautiful, scenic Texas town, uh, has there been a spike in crime? Is there a spike in, in economic issues? What, what are you seeing that affects the local population? Well, obviously, you don't have the tourism that you normally have to an area like this because people see what's on the news. They realize there's a situation going on, so they're going to try to avoid that if they possibly can. So it's going to cut back. Uh, When this lake was really and this area was booming, I always refer to it as the lake because the the lake to me is the lifeblood of this area. Right. The parking lots would be full. Um, I mean, you'd be lucky to find a place to park your boat and trailer. There was so much traffic in the area. Now, uh, everything's empty. I mean, there's nobody fishing. Not a lot of people coming down. So that affects the marinas. It affects the gas stations. You know, it's just the whole trickle down of the economy that that affects. The only thing that's really the saving grace what's going on right now is the fact that we've got all the law enforcement here. 
And, uh, you know, that's bringing some money into the economy of the town. I'm fortunate. I live, you know, seven miles out of town, out on the lake itself. So we don't have all that traffic that's being funneled through Del Rio right now. And the crime rates have went up. Vehicles are being stolen. There's a lot of things going on that I think people are unaware of. But most of it's negative. Nothing good is coming from it. Yeah. And these Border Patrol and State Highway Patrol and National Guardsmen, all that are helping out, they're working really super long days, right? This is a a crisis where people are working day and night to try to hold the line on the border. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, they are heroes. Uh, Some of them are sleeping, uh, you know, in places they'd probably rather not be sleeping. Some of them actually can't find a place they're sleeping in their vehicles. A lot of the residents are helping to house some of them some of them are driving all the way uh you know 80 90 miles to find a motel to stay and they're doing that daily so it's not an ideal situation for them and uh for them to be putting in the long hours the effort and uh, be putting up with what they're putting up with uh yeah those guys are truly heroes it it really is and you're not a particularly political man right you're a sports fisherman you're trying to enjoy your retirement but as someone on the front lines as someone that is now experiencing for the first time what what an illegal migration wave can occur. What what advice? What what plea would you make to those in Washington, Republican, Democrat, President, Congress, uh, to to help make the situation better in Del Rio? Well, you're right. I've never been real involved in politics. I just always kind of voted for who I thought was the best person and the best policy. Yep. And, uh, I know how well we had it, uh, you know, like Trump, hate Trump, whatever. During his administration, this border was as good as it's ever been. And now it's as bad as it's ever been. So I think that says everything that needs to be said. They need to go back to some of the policies that were in place because they were truly working. What they're doing now is not working. Yeah, uh, you can see the images. And it, it, it over time... The constant stress is starts to breed frustration, and that's just a bad situation for our country to be in. And please let uh, Denny, the good folks of Del Rio, know our our hearts here at Just the News and at John Solomon Reports. We're all with you there. We don't. We want you to reclaim your community and get back to that tranquil, beautiful uh, lake and fishing and tourism that makes your city so beautiful. And thank you for giving us what it's like to be just an everyday person on the front lines of this extraordinary crisis. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate you bringing attention to the situation because that may be one of the few things that really gets changed to take place. Yeah, that's it. Uh, everyday people just giving us an honest account. No no politics involved. Just uh, just what it's really like on the front lines. Well, we're, we're deeply grateful for your time and really actually honored to talk to such a distinguished angler. One day, I hope to be uh, just a tenth as good as your great fishing work. It is legendary. I appreciate that, John. All right, Denny. Thanks so much. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll come right back after these messages. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And while we just took you down to the border for a really remarkable firsthand experience, it is time to do our monthly update on the economy. We're all watching the economy. We got some pretty troubling news yesterday from the Federal Reserve, the idea that maybe both long-term inflation and long-term economic retraction are maybe ahead of us. If that sounds familiar, it's because we've had this expert on here several times already. Joining me again is my good friend, Philip Patrick, a precious metal specialist at Birch Gold Group and an all-around true economic visionary. He was talking about inflation before anyone was even thinking about it. We're so grateful to have him back. Philip, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much for having me back. I got to tell you, when I was listening to the Fed over the last few days, and I'm saying, my God, it's like they were listening to Philip. They're, they're coming around to Philip's position. You, you, had it, you had it right. And I think that's why people love having you on this show. And I just wonder if you could level set just where the economy is at this very moment now, what the Fed and these other indicators are giving us a picture of. Well, I mean, we're starting to see what I think everyone has been expecting, and you mentioned it yourself, right? Inflation, inflationary pressures are here. Inflation is here today. Uh, last time the Fed went through the numbers were about 5.4%. And as you say, it's happening in parallel with economic contraction, right? Yeah. We're seeing the stock market, a lot of volatility, a lot of downside. So it's really what, what we were expecting, quite frankly. It is. And uh, the last time we were talking, this was just an inkling of an idea. Now it's a real deal. You've got Congress pushing through another $3.5 trillion of spending. This is the the big, uh, what they call the spending bill, reconciliation bill. If it was to fully pass, what sort of effects intended and unintended might this have on the already problematic economy? I mean, you you said it yourself, this is just the latest uh, $3.5 It's on the back of $550 billion in uh, infrastructure improvement bill. And that's on top of a a $1.9 trillion COVID relief uh, package earlier this year. No matter how you spin it, this is an incredible amount of uh, taxpayer-sponsored funding. Now, Biden's rationale for infrastructure spending He came out in the July town hall and he said, look, three and a half trillion dollars spent on infrastructure is actually going to reduce inflation. Right. Um, Now, to quote exactly, he said, we're going to be providing good opportunities and jobs for people who, in fact, are going to be reinvesting that money in all the things we're talking about, driving prices down, not raising prices. Now, in what universe does massive <laughs> government spending lower prices it's like we're living here in a, in a parallel universe yeah. more money never means less inflation it means more yeah listen we have decades upon decades of empirical evidence and the line that the administration is giving us is just inverse from what we know history has shown us and you know for a while it was really interesting the word was this is just transitory uh it's gonna be a little thing it's now been six or seven months it's no longer transitory now they're talking about long term just like you predicted correct if all this new money starts flowing through the system what happens to the already you know inflation's at five six percent now what will happen to those indicators yeah i mean you hit it on the nose, right? More money means more inflation. Uh, I've quoted before a guy called Alan Meltzer, who a, a fe- was a Federal Reserve scholar at Carnegie Mellon. Right. And he summarized it very well. He said, look, never in history has a country that financed big budget deficits with large amounts of central bank money avoided incredibly high levels of inflation. 
right? And it's simple economics. For every bag of cement the government buys for the next bridge to nowhere, that removes one bag of cement from supply. Anytime demand grows, prices increase. And that doesn't apply just to cement, right? It applies to everything, every service, every commodity, every sector. We've already disproven this absurd statement, right? We had a $1.9 trillion pandemic relief package. And what happened? Inflation spiked, right? Is it worth spending twice as much to make the same point twice as emphatically? (laughs) It's very clear, right? Look, we understand massive spending leads to massive inflation. By pushing forward these inflationary packages, is there going to be a positive effect on the economy? Very possibly but certainly not enough to pay for itself. The benefits here are hypothetical, but the risks are not. They are already apparent. Yeah, that is so true. And, you know, the, the most obvious thing that happens in inflation is your buying power goes down. What used to you buy for a dollar might be a dollar five or a dollar ten or dollar twenty, dollar thirty. But there are other things at stake in the economy. Describe what else happens, because a lot of times inflation comes with stagflation, right? Because the inflation starts to slow other activity because interest rates have to go up. Is that the sort of balancing act that we're about to see play out on on this world stage? Absolutely. And as we said at the beginning, we're starting to see it already, right? We're seeing inflation in parallel with with market decline, with volatility. The bubbles that we've been building have started to, well, burst, if you will. But here's the bigger picture. Inflation isn't just bad for Americans, right? These inflationary policies are devaluing every single dollar in the world. Now, who holds dollars? It's not just the citizens of the United States, it's every every global central bank, right? This absurd non-solution to inflation is slowly but surely alienating our economic alloys. We're undermining the US dollar's global reserve currency status and essentially doubling down on unnecessary spending is only making things worse. Russia, especially China, have been plotting to replace the dollar with a petro yuan or, or a digital yuan. And Biden's playing right into their hands. History here is repeating itself. I'm originally from the United Kingdom. After 1946, the UK lost global reserve currency status to the United States. And the effects of that are significant. The pound today, 97.7% less than in 1946. It's very difficult to overstate what a catastrophe that would be. So the ripple effects for sure. And China has been waiting for this moment. We may have accelerated. I think they had a longer term plan to get to the the yuan as the global currency, but we may be accelerating, but you can see them sitting there waiting to to bounce. So your company obviously deals in precious metals and Birch Gold Group is a great partner with Just the News. In times like this, when when you see all of these warning clouds, I mean, like every warning cloud is in the sky now, how does gold fit into someone's savings into its retirement plan in a moment like this? It's all about the climate in front of us, right? Gold, precious metals in general are safe haven assets. And that means when things are doing fantastically well, right, you know, they tend to hold value and perform at a a steady rate. However, in tough times, right, in inflationary times, in times of market correction, that's really when safe haven assets thrive. So quite simply, they're very conducive for the specific issues that we have in front of us today. It's a very good climate for them. 
Now, one of the things that before I met you guys at Birch Gold Group, I didn't know you could do this, and I know a lot of my friends didn't. We're trying to educate people here at Just the News, and John Solomon reports about this. Remind everybody how someone who's now taking a look at their portfolio saying, listen, I want to go safe. I want to weather this in the best possible way because I'm 5 or 10 or 20 years from retirement. I want to protect that retirement. How yeah. can they bring precious metals into tax-sheltered account when it comes to the retirement or other assets? You're right. Not a lot of people know, you know, we have an ability here in the United States to hold tangible assets within an IRA, but it certainly exists and it's clearly defined within U.S. tax code. So essentially, it's very simple. It works as a tax deferred rollover. Any of your listeners can roll over any portion of their retirement accounts. There are no tax implications or penalties, and we can place physical metals tax deferred within that structure. It's very simple. All they have to do is contact us directly at Birch. We can guide them through step by step by step. Yeah. And you guys put together this kit. When I first heard about this, I downloaded, I got educated. I'm like, wow, this is an incredible thing. I had no idea. All you have to do, folks, go to birchgold.com slash just news, birchgold.com slash just news. And there's this 20 page booklet in five minutes, you are already educated and you can see everything that Philip is talking about. This is a remarkable moment in American economic history and it's really good to read up now. Get smart, get wise, make the best decision to protect your retirement and your other assets. Philip, last question before we let you go. Everybody loves this segment. They look forward to it every month. What are the next things we should be watching for over the economic horizon? Warning signs, signs that we should act more quickly to protect our assets. Look, I think we're seeing those signs today. And then, you know, when we're seeing inflation spike, when we're seeing volatility in the market, that's the time really to take action, right? Remember, there are bubbles in existence. We're seeing them in the stock market. We're seeing them in other places. As long as you are conscious of it, right, and can be preemptive, I think that's the key here. But the warning signs are here today. They are indeed. And everyone I'm talking to, even people that were a lot more confident four or five months ago, they are a lot less confident after seeing this play out. So, Philip, we're just so grateful for your great wisdom. You've been right on this all along. You've been keeping our audience really up to speed. We feel really lucky. And we're going to get you back on in a few weeks again because this story is not going away. Correct. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor as always. It is an honor to have you as well. Folks, one more time, Birch Gold, B-I-R-C-H gold.com slash just news. Download that book. It takes just a few seconds. You'll be really smart. You'll really understand the opportunity that Philip just mentioned to us. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. It's time to go to the weekend. A lot of breaking news. We'll have you covered all weekend long. President Trump in Georgia tomorrow. More fallout from the Arizona audit. I think we'll have another couple of scoops and exclusives this weekend. Stay tuned for more news. It's coming up all weekend long at justthenews.com. Until then, may God bless you and may God bless this extraordinary country of the United States, as he always has. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from... 
Just the news.